Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. I want to kind of acknowledge something of why we're covering this today. We're not in any series. This is kind of a free Sunday. Actually, this Sunday and next Sunday is kind of a free Sunday for us campus pastors to be able to kind of just share a word that's been stirring in our heart or anything like that. And so um, I, along with some other of our leaders here at our Catawba campus, uh, really believe that we are in the beginning stages of a season of re. Now you're like, what? Of restart and renew and, um, and even reset. And we believe that God is shifting something for our campus. And so I, I wanted to kind of uh, approach it in that sense of what I feel like God is stirring in my heart as of late and wanted to at least be able to share because I really feel like God wants to uh, expand our spiritual stamina, right? He wants to expand our spiritual capacity to be able to, to kind of navigate um, some things that I believe that God's calling each one of us to, but also calling our, our campus to. And so today's uh, message is a subject that's really, really simple, but and really probably so familiar to us, but it's often um, we, we tend to forget about it. We tend to overlook it and, and not really think about how vital it is to our, our lives. And so um, it's a topic that really um, I feel the Lord has been stirring in my heart to get us to um, a place where it will help um, shape our campus for many years to come. And I'm excited about that. But the key thing is we got to have ears to hear. And then we got to have a heart to do, right? Because you can hear all I got to say all the time every Sunday. But if you don't have ears to hear and then you don't apply it into your heart and apply it into your everyday life, then, it, you know, it just kind of falls to the wayside and it just really doesn't have an effect at all. So today I want to start by giving you one of the strangest pictures of Jesus found in the Bible. Uh, you know, we're used to the portraits of, you know, uh, Jesus on the cross. We're used to the portraits of, of Jesus, the good shepherd and having, and the Lord said, let there be light. Um, and um, I can see your faces now, right? Because it, it, it's not all about me. It's about you. But, but, but we've seen pictures of Jesus as the good shepherd, you know, having, having the sheep around his neck and carrying it home or Jesus walking on the water. But this portrait is one that we usually don't see in um, our homes or in our offices. And um, I asked Noah to kind of show up this picture right here, uh, if he can throw it up there. Um, that's not one you see in your office or your home very often, do you? Right? No, you see Jesus on the cross or you see a picture of Jesus, you know, with the lamb or whatever. But man, this one's a little more, in- this is intense Jesus, right? Because Jesus got intense. And we're going to kind of uh, read this portion of Scripture, but I I want you to understand the intensity of Jesus is because this is serious business to him. And if it's serious business to Jesus, and it's in the Bible, do you think it's got to be some kind of like a little bit intense to us or a little, uh, you know, something to where it should stir us? So Mark chapter 11, verse 15 through 19, you guys have all probably read this or heard this in some ways, but this is what it says. It says, so they came to Jerusalem. 
That's Jesus and his disciples. And then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he could not allow, oh, I'm sorry, and he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be a call, called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out of the city. So my title for today is A House of Prayer. Okay, a house of prayer. Let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, teach us this vital ingredient to our life. Teach us about prayer today. Amen. So again, like I said, Mark chapter 11 gives us this quite a bit different picture of Jesus, right? Because usually we get Jesus is loving, Jesus is caring, and he is. He's all of that. But also Jesus is very serious about the things of God, right? And so we, we're looking at this picture, and we're, we're looking at it because he's got this passion for what God's house should be. But see, these guys kind of made it differently. And so here he is. He's showing this physical emotion. He's overturning tables. Uh, one passage of Scripture says that he actually made a cord um, in order to make a whip to, to drive these people out. He's turning over the money tables. He even got to some of the people. Um, he, he told them, hey, you know what? You can't carry merchandise through the temple area because they were using it as a shortcut. And I, what, I, what I'm really impressed about is the fact that, that the, the disciples didn't even help him. They're just standing back there going, whoa, we've never seen this side of Jesus before. But here, by the authority of his word, he's telling people, hey, you cannot do this in my father's house. You've got to get ready. You can't bring that through the court. And then he's telling those who are selling the oxen and, and the doves and the sheep to the poor, he says, you know what, get your business out of here because it, it, it's not, not what, is, what, what you're doing is not, I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up here. What you're doing is not what God wants, right? And, and really, in, in the sense of it, what's going on is, is actually, you know, these, they were actually supposed to be there. Because in order to fulfill the Levitical law, and even what, uh, you know, and what was in Leviticus and what was in, in, in uh, the Mosaic law, you know, they had to make sacrifices, and so there was, they were allowed to actually come and sell their doves and their sheep and their, their animal sacrifices, the, the, the ones that were um, okay to do that. But what they were doing was, is they were gouging the prices. They were jacking up the prices. They were taking advantage of the situation. And, and in the Bible, it talks about how, like, right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he actually had an encounter, the same exact thing. There's two times that he went into the, the, to, to the house, into the courtyard of the temple, and, and kicked these guys out and said, hey, what are you doing? So the first time, same thing happened, got him out, but then he comes back and the same thing's happening again. So these guys didn't really listen. They just kind of moved on because, okay, yeah, 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 we're, we're out. 
But then, three years later, he comes back, and you know what? They're back into the same routine. They're back into the same process of, of gouging prices, of taking advantage of the people, taking advantage of the situation. And so that's what made Jesus so irate. Because the people, um, these people were in the temple courts, but they didn't have the spirit of the temple. They didn't have the spirit of the temple. They were supposed to be there to assist people to worship and to come into God's presence. But they were out of sync with the whole purpose of what God intended the house of the Lord to be. And that's why he was irate. Because they had brought a secular spirit into a sacred place. They had brought this secular spirit. What I mean by secular spirit, they brought this worldly spirit into a secular place. I mean into a, into a sacred place. And, and in this process of reading this passage, you know, I was just challenged for us as a church. Okay? Because it's not about us selling wares or doing any of that. But I, I was challenged in the fact of, of what, what it means, what it means to us when we come to church. Are we just coming to, to check it off the box? Or are we coming because we have a spirit that wants to be in touch with, with, with the Lord? We want to experience the presence of God. And I don't know about you, but I get challenged by that. Because sometimes, you know what? You can look at it and go, oh, Sunday's here. All right, it's time for church. We're going to church today. But, but do we really look at it from the perspective that I am coming because, man, I ache and I long to be in the presence of God? You know, the Bible says that when two or three are gathered in his name, that he is in the midst. And so I was just challenged with that. Not saying that, that, that you know, any of you are that way. But I was just thinking if, if hopefully that is not where our heart is when we go to church on Sunday. Because then I think if, if we're just doing to check it off, we're kind of bringing that, that secular spirit into a sacred place. And man, I, I don't want that for our body. I don't want that for our congregation. I, my prayer is that every single time, man, we're getting up to Sunday, we're excited about being gathering together. We're excited about encountering God together. Because you know what? I, 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 like I said, we're in this restart kind of. We're in this kind of re renewing thing. And I really believe that God wants this house to experience his presence like crazy. I know you might look at me and go, really? Yeah, really. Because I, I can't get away from Scripture. Because he says when two or three are gathered, he is in the midst. So if two or three are gathered in a right spirit, why wouldn't he show up? Why wouldn't he be here? And so Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer. And I think that's such a key for us to walk into today. Because I'm, I, I'm challenged. If Jesus were to show up, now I don't think he'd throw over tables and he wouldn't be you know, totally irate, but would he, would he really be able to say, this is a house of prayer, right? Is this a, a place where the atmosphere of the Father's house has been covered with prayer? Right? When you walk in and you just sense there, there's something different. 
See, that just doesn't happen naturally. It doesn't. But you know what? It happens when a church comes together and they start praying and believing. And they're in agreement together and they're in unity together, praying that God's spirit would be poured out. But see, sometimes we don't, we don't get that. So the atmosphere of my father's house, this is what Jesus is kind of trying to say, it should, it's supposed to be an atmosphere of prayer. It's supposed to be uh, 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 around the things. Like almost like an aroma around God's people. So what I, I kind of want to walk through a little bit. And anyway, one more thing. Two, you know what? He didn't call the house a house of, of, of God's word. He didn't call it a house of worship. Did he? Did he call it a house of healing? Those are all very true. He didn't call it a house of discipleship either. Those are all true in a sense. But in Scripture, he specifically points out, it shall be called a house of prayer. And, and what I, what I am, am looking at, and I'm amazed, because just kind of in, in my, my study time and my devotion time and what God's just kind of talking about me, but the, the Bible kind of tells us that, you know what, when Jesus died and he rose again and went back up to heaven and started the church, you know, he, he kind of carried this thread with him, that my house shall be called a house of prayer. Now you say, well, how, how did he do that? Well, Acts chapter 2. He did it in Acts chapter 2. Because have you ever noticed that the start of the Christian church was born while they were praying? In Acts chapter 2. Right? We, we know that the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2. But before the Holy Spirit came and then all of a sudden the church started to be mobilized and Peter preached that beautiful sermon and 3,000 were added to the church. What were they doing? They were praying. They were getting before the Lord. They were connecting. They were kind of worshiping too and their hearts were being connected with God and God was kind of shaping them and molding them and kind of doing some, uh, I, I would even say some heart surgery and, and just kind of unfolding within them in this time of prayer the opportunity, then the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit's poured out. And then we see the church begin to grow. We see the church begin to expand. We see the church, you know, take off. And then it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they're going to put it up on the board here. It says, this is, this is the early church, okay? It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and then breaking of bread, and in prayers. They prayed together. They, they made prayer a priority. See, to me, if prayer wasn't a priority, one, Jesus would have never said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Two, it would have never been in that phrase right there, in that sentence. But the Holy Spirit made it, made it obvious to us that prayer is an essential ingredient for the body of Christ. It's essential, right? So that church, that's, that, that's the church. Prayer preceded it. Prayer will keep it going. But as soon as we lose it, then the Spirit will recede off of it. 
You won't experience what, what the fullness of what the Lord wants for us as a church body. But I, and I don't want that. And I hope you don't want that either. So do me a favor and look at 1 Thessalonians. We're going to look at this, this verse real quick. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And here's where Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church. Okay? And not, not just to an individual, but a, to a group of disciples. He was writing to them. It's important to, to realize. Okay? So not just individually, but to a group of disciples. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, I know you can look at that and go, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? How do I do that? There's no way I can do that, Pastor Scott. Right? I mean, that's hard to do individually. Because we have work, we've got family, we got all kinds of stuff or whatever. But it's not hard when everyone in the church is praying for God to move. When everyone plays their part, right? We could see a church that is praying without ceasing. But see, we have to kind of get that mindset inside of us. Because oftentimes, you know, we, we kind of feel like Prayer is, is, is just kind of a, a, a culture for just a few of us. You know, a few of those um, gifted people, or prayer is a department, or prayer is something that just a handful of people can intercede, and really that's not really my cup of tea, and it's just, you know, I, I'll just leave it for them. But the thing we have to understand is that prayer is the responsibility and privilege of every believer. It is the responsibility and privilege of every believer, right? Momentum in the spirit, momentum in our church on this campus will happen when we start to pray for our church and for our campus, right? Momentum of the spirit, momentum, where, man, you walk in and you already, I mean, they haven't even hit a chord yet for worship, but there's something on the house. There's an aroma of prayer. The Spirit is, is already stirring. That's the Catawba campus I see inside of me. I, I, I don't want to just play church, right? Where we just come, we're just going to meet every Sunday, and it's kind of, oh yeah, we're just, no. I, I, I honestly... I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, I honestly want to see the Spirit of God move here every single Sunday and let it carry over to Monday, carry over to Tuesday, carry over to Wednesday, to Thursday, to Friday, to Saturday, back here again. I, that is in the, the very depths of my heart. But see, I think as a church, we've got to understand, we've got to begin to come together and we've got to begin to start praying that way. If you're a part of this body and you said, yeah, I'm going to be a part of this body, then man, I, this is kind of a, a, a sound the alarm, sound the call that says, will you jump in and pick some times to pray for the church? Not just for us, but to pray for the fact that, man, we want to see God move. 
We want to God, have the God show up. I mean, what if you were able to bring your friends that desperately needed Jesus? They don't even know they needed Jesus, or they said, "Man, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even want Jesus." But if they were to walk on this campus, there would be such a move of God. The Holy Spirit would move in such a way that you know what? All of a sudden, man, their hearts would begin to melt. Or maybe they're sick. Maybe they've got issues. Maybe they need deliverance. Whatever that is. But see, it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep praying it, but, but what, I, what I feel like the rallying cry inside my heart is, I can't carry it by myself. We need to be a church that is praying for God to move in this house. This has to be a house of prayer. Not just a house, Pastor Scott praying, but it really has to be a house of prayer. And so, you know, how, how are we going to see it? Well, sometimes it's going to be like the wind, right? We can't see the wind, but we know it's there. It's just moving. It's just happening. We just know it's happening. And really, you know what? I, I think I'm learning. I feel, at least I feel like the Lord's developing within me that, you know what? Every, every church needs to be a house of prayer. In order to be successful, in order to see lives changed, right? In order to see people being transformed, then you know what? We really have to be a house of prayer. Why would Jesus put it in Scripture? Why would it be in Scripture? Why would he say that? Because he could have said, well, my house is a house of preaching. So get out of here. But he said, no, my father's house should be a house of prayer. Should be a house of prayer. I mean, he could have used so many others. So why a house of prayer? Well, it's not because he wants just pious people walking around and go, yes, I'm a part of the prayer team. Yes, I'm, I'm so good and so wonderful. It's not because of that. But I think it's really, really because prayer is powerful. Amen. Right? Prayer is real. Prayer actually works. And, and another thing about prayer, I, I honestly believe, prayer displaces things. Okay? Especially when you gather in unity to pray. It displaces things. Let me just give you kind of a quick example of that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Anxiety is displaced with peace. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait for the Lord, this is in the amplified version, says those who wait on the Lord, who expect, look for, hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. Now, it doesn't have the word prayer in there, but I believe that that, 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 that promise is a promise we can use to displace our weakness for his strength. But see, it's, 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 it's allowing and taking God's word and being able to apply it to our lives and say, Lord, this is what you promised. And so I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lean on you. So God wants his people praying because it changes them. He wants you and I to walk in, in this grace that he's given to us. And 
Prayer in its simplest form is really divine access. If I were to give you a key to my house, then you would have access to my house, right? If I would say, here, here, go, go ahead. Um, so like there's this guy, Rob, in our, our church at uh, TKK, and um, I have a, actually don't have a key. I have a code. And we're such good friends that I, he just knows my code. And so he keeps telling me, don't change my code on me because that way I can walk into my, in your house anytime I want to. Um, and I keep thinking, I probably should just do it just to jack with him, but I haven't. <laughs> but, but see, I trust Rob enough, and we're friends enough, good friends enough, to where he has access to my house if I need it. I was on vacation one time, and I needed something for um, a funeral, because I was doing a funeral in California, so I called Rob. Hey, Rob, can you go into my house? And I, I had this little paper that I forgot, and it has some notes on it. Can you take a picture of it and send it to me? So... He walked right into my house, took the picture. Everything was still there when I got back. But, but, but see, I gave him access, right? And when we go to God, it's this, this divine access to him. I mean, prayer at its core is this access that, God, that we have with God. And, and what's great about it is 24-7. See, I hope Rob doesn't come into my house in the middle of the night and scare me, Right? That's not the access I want to give him. But <laughs> that would be interesting, right? But, but with God, I got 24-7 access. I, 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 I can come to him at any time, and I can access the things that I need. I, this, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, So let us come boldly to the throne room, or to the throne of our gracious God. There, will, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need, us, need it most. Now, that just to me means I can come anytime. Boldly. You know, hey dad, I got some request. I got something to talk about. Um, and, and I want you to realize too that, you know what? Um, don't say, oh, well, I don't have the gift of prayer. Okay, because sometimes people use that on me. Well, I really don't have the gift of prayer, Pastor Scott. Well, the thing is, it's not a gift, right? And if you have a mouth, you can pray. You can pray. But here's, here's sometimes, I think, the thing that hangs up, right? Prayer is just having a conversation with him in your own voice. That's prayer. About, about you, about the church, is this having this conversation. And, and the thing is, is sometimes too, people get hung up on the fact, well, I don't think God hears me. He does. He's not deaf. 1 John 5, 14, uh, 14 through 15 says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask him for anything that pleases him. Did you hear that? He hears us. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know he will give us what we ask for. It might not be in our timing, but he certainly heard it. And he's certainly going, okay, well, let's see how this, how we can make this work. But sometimes we just got to get our act together. We got to put ourselves in, in the right position in a sense of, of, of being able to then um, see this thing come to pass. 
So God hears you even when you speak normally. Now, that's kind of funny, isn't it? But sometimes people think, man, they've got to have this prayer voice. Oh, gracious heavenly Father. Right? Or, or whatever. Or they need some kind of weird accent or something like that. But the thing about it is, praying spiritually is not any of those things. What praying is, is a high posture of humility. You just come to the Lord. Plain and simple. That's what he's looking for. You don't have to have this, 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 this big, booming voice. Just be yourself. He knows who you are. In Scripture, they, they, they give us this example when two men went into the temple and one said this elaborate prayer. You know, he, he was, he was a, uh, I think it was a Pharisee. I can't remember right off the top of my head. But, but he went in and said this elaborate prayer, you know. And then the next guy, Jesus said, comes in and he barely looks up. And in a posture of honesty, just said, hey, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm not, you know, I'm not anything special. And Jesus said, God heard him over the guy who used the, the fancy words, the wrong attitude. See, sometimes we just got to come and realize, you know what, I don't have to be um, at, a, at a pastor level to come and pray. I don't have to be sophisticated or really have this in-depth prayer or, or, you know, it has, it has to be really long or anything. You know what it has to be? It just has to be honest. Just has to be honest. God, here's where I'm at. God, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I, I would love to see you do. And, and, and Jesus said, man, you know what? I hear that. We hear that. Sometimes not this kind of, oh, I got to have it just, you know, all this religiously played out prayer. So prayer at a base level is conversation. You know why? It's so that everyone is included. That's the base level. God said, if you want to come to me in prayer, then let's just have a conversation. But it's so that everyone can be included, right? I mean, he heard the tax collector. That was the guy who came and prayed that simple prayer. And then two... He heard the thief on the cross. Thief on the cross didn't have this big elaborate prayer where he was on the cross and recognized, hey, you are the Son of God. Remember me. No, he just was honest. And Jesus said, yeah, you'll be with me in paradise. It wasn't, I just get past that, that, that picture that it's got to be this elaborate thing. It just needs to be a conversation. And then another level to that is prayer is also declaration, right? It's speaking to that mountain in your life with the authority that God has given you. Okay, that, that's what that thing's talking about. It says, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. He's talking about your authority in Christ. What Christ has given you, you have authority. So when you pray with declaration, you're speaking to whatever that situation is, whatever it is that you're wanting to see moved, shifted, right? And what I love about it is in the example, the mountain doesn't talk back. The authority is, hey, this is what Scripture says. This is what God says. 
So I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe and I'm going to ask that that thing would be removed. Now, maybe it takes a while for that mountain to move. And I'm going to tell you that's okay. Because sometimes we get in the head, no, the mountain's got to move like, whoo, like instantly. But I've got mountains in my life that I keep speaking to and they aren't moving instantly. They are moving at a snail's pace. But that does not mean that God is not faithful. That he will continue to do what he needs to do in order to get me to where I need to be. But see, sometimes we lose heart and think, well, I'm not going to pray that way because, man, that's, that's kind of not moving fast enough for me. So read Mark chapter 11, 20 through 24 for a little more explanation. Uh, prayer is also intercession. I'm just going to kind of give you these three things. These aren't my points yet. But the, prayer is also like an inter, in, intercession, right? We're praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, Right? You're praying directly to God. Okay? And that praying directly to God can edify you. It can build you up. And it will help you to pray when you don't know what to pray. So if you want a little more on that, read Jude uh, one twenty and Romans 8.26. And I just love the fact that the Holy Spirit is a part of our prayer life. See, I don't, I don't think you can have a, 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 a really active prayer life um, without the Holy Spirit, with, with your, your prayer life being kind of divorced from Him. I, I just don't think you can. That's why it's so important to be able to lock into that. And we're, we're going to get into a series a little, little later on in a couple weeks where we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is and all of this. But understand, whether it's conversation, declaration, or intercession, Right? These levels are, are layers to this prayer life. Use them wherever you are. If you're just at a conversation level, go for it. If you've got some faith to be able to make declaration, go for it. If you've got the uh, Holy Spirit and you've been filled with the, with, the, with the Holy Spirit and can speak in tongues, go for it. But here's the deal. This is what I love. I don't want, there is, should be no factions here. <gasps> you mean you don't pray in declaration? You mean you don't pray with your heavenly language? I don't want factions like that. What I want is honesty. Right? And, and, and then that's where we help each other grow. But see, we can come together as a church and we can pray. And if one person is all at the conversation level, praise the Lord. If one is at the declaration level, praise the Lord. If one is at the intercession level, praise the Lord. Let's not have any factions when it comes to our prayer life. Because, again, base, base, base is a conversation. And I'll start there. I'll take it. Jesus takes it, Right? He's like, yeah, let, let's go. Let's, let's, let's bring it on. But ultimately in all of this, now we're going to get to my three points that, that'll be hopefully very quick here. You've got to start somewhere, right? And you gotta, it's got to start with you. Can't start with me. Can't start with your spouse. Can't start with anybody. But I want to look at, 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 at um, the stages of prayer um, that, that, we, that you kind of have to, to, to decide inside of you. So the very first one, um, you have to start with making a decision. Making a decision. Everything you do in your life starts with a decision. Would you agree? Yeah. 
It starts with a decision. So in order to engage in prayer, you have to decide, I am going to pray. I choose to pray. Even if you think, man, I don't even know what to say. You ever been there before? I'm not even sure how that's going to come out. But you know what? Make the decision that you are going to pray. So whenever we have prayer times here at our campus, join in. Because you remember, there's no factions here. If you're in conversation, praise the Lord. If you're in declaration, praise the Lord. If you're in intercession, praise the Lord. Right? But just kind of join in. We have prayer on Friday mornings here at 6.30. If you want to come and pray with us for an hour, we'd love it. If you can only pray for a half hour, love it. Just, yeah, but you have to make a decision. And, and here's the deal. Don't think you have to be the expert right at the beginning. Okay? You don't have to feel like, you know what, oh man, I got to have it all together before I can even go to any of those things. I, I, I got to have it and you know, just be, be good. No, you know what, guess what? You will grow into it. You will grow into it just like a baby learns how to walk. You know, they take small steps. At the time, they're a little wobbly, a little shaky. They fall down. Yeah, it, it might feel that way when you first kind of make a decision to start praying if that's not something you do on a regular basis. But you know what? You'll get there. I remember back in, in the church in California, um, they had this men's prayer on, on Saturday mornings. And I'll tell you, I, I kind of at first didn't want to go, but then I started going. And I was kind of intimidated. Because I didn't think, man, I was going to be rocking it. But you know what? Over time, each time I went, it felt like I was taking a little more baby steps, a little more baby steps, a little more baby steps. And then you know what? I I feel like now I can hold my own in a sense of just being able to spend time with the Lord and pray. However that looks like, whether it's in conversation, declaration, intercession, whatever it is. But see, I had to start somewhere. I had to make that decision. And we've got to remember that prayer is the responsibility and privilege of every believer. So we should all be in the game. We should all be in the game, whatever that looks like. Uh, Pastor James tells us, uh, if you have faith in God, let it not, not stop there, but show it by your works. He says this, faith, James chapter 2, verse 17, says faith, if it does not have works, to back it up is by itself dead, inoperative, and ineffective. Meaning if you make a decision to sit on the sidelines after hearing God's heart on a subject through his word, your faith is currently lifeless. It's currently dead. And that's not God's plan for you. It's not God's plan for me. So when we hear God's word, we got to be able to take it and we got to be able to say, okay, how now do I put it into practice? Because I have faith to believe that God said I need to pray, but how do I, how do I put it into practice? You know, because we, we've made a decision for Christ, right? So we have faith. But when we're not in the game, we don't have it. It's not active. So start with a decision to choose to pray, right? Because prayer is your divine access. 
And, and, and think about it too. Imagine if you just, you had access, but you never accessed it. It's like your bank account, right? You had money in there, and you know it's there, but you never access it. What good is that to you? Same principle when it comes to prayer and who your God is and how gracious he is and how he owns everything. He's got all these resources. And we know that, yet we've, we've kind of just not sometimes come to him in prayer and say, hey, we need the resources to begin to flow. And so we've got to understand we have this divine resource, this divine access, right? So everything starts with a decision to pray. And then it should move from a decision to a devotion. So we've got the decision. Now we've got to move it. Now it's got to move to devotion. The difference is when there is a devotion, there is a consistency, there is an affection. And it's not, I, I don't just choose to pray. I value prayer. Prayer is an important part of who I am. There's, there's this discipline that's, that's, that's going on. I mean, because again, we're all, we're all devoted in, in some ways um, to something, but not necessarily to God. We have things that we are passionate about, things that, that you know, take up our time that we, ah. But see, we have to get to a point where it goes from decision, and the more that I do the decision, the more it becomes a devotion time where the affection of our heart right, is, is that I, I want to spend time with him. I, I, I need to spend time with him. Um, you know, it's not just this one-time thing. It's something that is done consistently over and over again. That's, that's why, you know, they call your devotions devotions. You know, if you read your Bible in the morning and you do devotions with God, it's supposed to be something that is consistent, something that happens daily. In Colossians, Paul encourages the, uh, the Colossian church. In uh, Colossians 4, verse 2 through 4, it says, Be persistent and devoted to prayer, being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us. I, to me, I just love this scripture because it's like Paul telling them, Hey, so I want you to be praying all the time, be persistent and whatever. But then also at the same time, Paul's saying, hey, as a church, pray for those who are delivering God's word. Pray for those who are up here on the worship team. Pray for those who are doing the sound. Pray for those who are involved in ministry. He says, at the same time, pray for us, for, for us too, that God will open a door of opportunity to us for the word to proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I have been imprisoned. That I may look, uh, that I may make it clear and speak boldly and unfold the mystery in the way I should. So make a decision and be devoted to pray for our services. For our service every Sunday. That should be something that, I, man, my heart would be, man, that if our church, our congregation, we're missing people today, but if we had everybody in our congregation praying for our services, taking 10 minutes, maybe a day, or not even that hard, maybe once a week, and praying for our services, and maybe walking through conversation, declaration, intercession, then you know what? I believe, man, that's going to... Allow us to experience a move of God. 
But see, it takes all of us together, right? And not just for this campus. We got other campuses too. Pray for them, right? We're not going to be hoarders. But at the same time, Antigua K, Gastonia, pray for them that their services would be, just that the Holy Spirit would come. Because the whole idea is that the Spirit comes and that lives can be transformed. Right? And then this devotion, very last point, can move to a desire. Move to a desire. Imagine when prayer is a desire of yours. Right? Where prayer is something that you long to do. You long to do it. That's taking it up another notch right there. Where you just don't choose to pray. You don't just value prayer as a devotion, but you actually love prayer, right? You love your time with God. And I'm just going to say it's possible. Because, you know, you might go, how? How do I get there? Well, you start with a decision, and then you go with a devotion, and then as that process goes, the Holy Spirit works on your heart and begins to develop. Man, I need God's presence. I, would, I just want to be in God's presence all the time. And, and the Holy Spirit understands you've got to go to work. Right? You've got other things. But see, there's this, 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 this sense of where the Holy Spirit is just going, hey, when you got the time, come. Because you know what? I know God loves you. I know you you just want to be with him. Now, the thing that shifts, I'm going to just give you a little bit of an idea of of, of some things here. But the things that shift prayer from decision to devotion is persistence. Okay? So if you want to go from decision to devotion, just be persistent in praying. But if if you would... um, but you and I uh, would add persistence to our prayer life, then you know what? You'll experience this kind of shift going on. And the thing that shifts prayer from devotion to a desire is God's presence. But see, you can't get in God's presence if you're not making it intentional, if you're not creating that time, creating that thing. Again, like I said, it kind of brings this kind of this, this progression I mean, one of the hardest things to do is to maintain a prayer life out of sheer discipline. Right? I just, you know, I'm going to bear down. It's good to have discipline, right? We all need discipline. Everything, things, um, you know, happen in discipline, but things don't last necessarily in discipline. Okay, like, you know, hey, I'm going to be disciplined to go to the gym. I mean, how, how often are we really disciplined to keep that going over and over and over and over, over again? Because if it's only discipline at some point, this prayer, if it's only discipline at some point, it will dry up. And it'll be difficult to kind of walk in sometimes. But what, wouldn't it be great if we had 90% passion and affection and desire for prayer, and then the other 10% was just out of sheer discipline in order to, you know, undergird us. 
I mean, that would, that, that would be an amazing thing, and that's really an equation, I think, that God wants in our life. But, but that's us being truthful and being able to look at, okay, where am I really at? What, where am I, I thinking? And, and how, how often do I pray for the church? I pray for myself, right? But how often do I pray for the church? How often do I pray for my pastors? How often do I pray for God to show up on a Sunday morning? Am I walking into this place ready? Because if, if we're a community that loves each other, we should be able to talk to each other and build each other up. And see, the Holy Spirit will use those times in order to speak a word to someone, to encourage someone sometimes. But see, we've got to be ready for it. We've got to be prayed up for it. We've got to kind of engage this. So when we get to that point where our heart is just set on praying, um, recognize, you know what? It's going to change things. It's going to change things in you, and it's going to change things within our culture here, within, within the church. Um, and I'll end it with this scripture right here. Uh, this is what David said in the wilderness. Uh, he was in the wilderness of Judah. Psalm 63.1, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. See, David got to the point where his flesh longed for God. Ooh, that's a challenge. At least for me. Because I look at it and say, how, how often does my flesh really long for God instead of those other things that my flesh longs for? But see, David, David spent the time of decision. He spent the time of devotion. And then it became a desire to him. And man, my flesh longs to be with God. And so as I wrap this up, I really believe that there is something on, on at least this message today and in the message for next week that, that in this restart season where God wants to uh, you know, enlarge our hearts for prayer for this house, he wants to enlarge our capacity, enlarge our hearts to pray for this house and the, and the other houses that are called Lakeshore. But I'm looking as a campus pastor specifically for this campus. That even, even to the point where the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, hey, I need you to shift your priorities for 10 minutes. I mean, I'm not even asking for an hour. Right? Jesus asked the disciples for an hour and they fell asleep. I'm just asking for 10 minutes. And I'm not even, even going to ask for every day. Okay? So what, what, what I, what I want to do is I want to ask because I want this to be a house of prayer. Right? So we can't constantly pray all the time. But if everyone starts praying at, at, at given times, I'm not even making it the exact same thing then you know what? I believe God's going to start beginning to, to answer those prayers. They'll begin to show up. There'll be such a movement going on. And so I'm going to ask as a congregation to um, take 10 minutes on Tuesdays, anytime. I don't care when it is, but take 10 minutes to pray for our campus. I'm going to even ask that you would pray for me in the delivery 
of the word like Paul was sharing. That, that God would begin to show up on our Sunday morning services. I'm the type of guy that if God shows up and he tells me, zip it, I'll zip it. I will. That, that's that's how, how passionate I want to I want to have God show up. But see, I, I realize I can I can be in the trenches with it, but that's not enough. Because when they were in the upper room, it was everyone of the 120 in the upper room and they were in unity, saying, Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. This is my campus. I want to see God move. I want to be able to, to bring people and, and experience God. Experience the Spirit. Okay? So we got Take 10 Tuesday. That's what I'm going to call it. Take 10 Tuesday. Okay? Not Taco Tuesday. But you can add tacos into it if you want. Okay? So Take 10 Tuesday. Um, we have our Friday morning prayers. And I, know, I realize that's a little bit, you know, kind of an odd time for people. But if you can make it, we would love to have you 6.30 to 7.30. And then I also want to open up the, 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 the uh, well, I think maybe either the sanctuary or another room. But starting next Sunday from 9 to 9.30, you have an opportunity to come and pray. To seek the Lord for our service. To ask him to be here. Right? So it's going to be something on top of that. If you don't show up, I'm not going to come track you down. Okay, I'm going to go, hey, you didn't make it. What's up with that? You're not with me. I'm not saying that. This is between you and Jesus. You and the Lord. But I, I want the, the church to be aware there is a time set aside on a Sunday for you to come and pray. For you to, to seek the Lord. You know what? I, 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 man, I, I look at like the churches like, um, you know, they have the 24-7 prayer houses or prayer times or whatever. And I think, wow, man, that would be amazing, right? That, that you would actually even have people praying for our service while we have service. But we're not there yet. But we've got to start somewhere. And so I, I'm just asking that, that, that you would, hopefully, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit would give you that sense of urgency. He would, he would stir within you the fact that, man, I, I, I got to take 10 minutes on Tuesday to pray for our church, for God to move, for God to show up, for God to be on this campus, and for our Sunday services, that trans lives would be transformed. And then, you know what? Hey, I might get up a little bit earlier on a Sunday morning, get here at 915, and come pray for 15 minutes. I'll just tell you what, even if you get here at 925 and you walk in and, and pray for five minutes, we're good, right? But see, I, we got to cultivate this, 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 this attitude that this is a house of prayer. Because when there's a house, it's a house of prayer, there's an aroma that attracts. Not just God, it attracts people as well. And that's what I'm looking for. That's what's stirring in my heart. And so I, I offer this to you. I put it out there to you. And um, I hope that you will, you'll take it and allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak to your heart and, and to run with it. Um, and again, like I said, even if it's starting with conversation, go for it. Because that's all he's looking for. Just come with an honest heart. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. 
For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.